0: And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership podcast brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, the business building community for changemakers who want to build a sustainable and scalable business they love. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, have you ever wondered what it would take to franchise your business? Well, maybe you haven't even thought about that at all. It hasn't crossed your mind. But do go ahead and grab a pen and paper because today's guest is going to share some Incredible words of insight on her own journey to growing her business and expanding it even further through the power of franchising. Now, joining me on today's show is Kika Wise. She has a dance background and she developed her own method of assisted stretching. We all need a bit of that. Um, So, she started her business in 2011 and now has over 13 locations. She's sharing her expertise and teaching other entrepreneurs how to franchise their business. And on today's show, she's specifically going to share the steps that you need to take if you're looking to franchise your business. She's going to share some inspiration sprinkled with golden nuggets of learning through her own success story. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. How are you?
0: I'm really good. Uh, Take us back to, uh, I love learning a little bit about the journey that you took. I mean, I'm sure when you first started your business, you had no idea of uh, franchising. Maybe you did. So tell us just a little bit about uh, the growth of your business. And when you got to a stage, you're thinking, I'm going to franchise that now. What was that journey for you?
1: First of all, thank you for having me. Um, At the time that I started my business, I had a small son who was six months old. So I wanted to find a way to provide for him in a better way and have flexibility in my schedule. So I decided to start a business. After a few years of doing the business, I realized I needed employees. So I hired my first few employees. And then I just started feeling burnt out. I felt like I was doing too much by myself, so I started to learn how to delegate and how to give those tasks to other people. Uh, I then opened a second location, and when I opened the second location, I was really burnt out. And I questioned, was there a way that I could do this um, modality? Could I expand without having to do it by myself? And that's when I decided to franchise.
0: So tell us the business, because I mentioned that uh, you've got a unique uh, method of assisted stretching. So what was the business that you started? Was it in stretching? Was it in dance? What what was that?
1: Yep. So I use my dance training and I developed a method of one-on-one assisted stretching. So clients lie on a mat and we gently stretch out their entire bodies for them. Um, We help take away the tension that's been trapped inside of their body for years. As a dancer, I knew how important it was to just be free and to stretch. So I knew the regular person really didn't focus on that. So I was like, let me start a business that way. Um, and so it's all assisted stretching it's all one-on-one in private rooms
0: and I mean that's so important even not just for dancers but also for people who maybe I don't know in 2020 have been sitting in front of a computer screen you know kind of hunched up so that that's fantastic so maybe we get you to share some tips on that too but we'll certainly share how people can get in touch with you or one of the 13 locations as well so I would imagine then that what prompted you to start to even consider franchising was the fact that you you were getting busier and busier, you, you hired a team. And so at what stage did you, was it something that someone said about franchising? Was it, you know, a seed that was planted? How did that idea come to pass? So I
1: actually spoke to many people about franchising and they said, oh, it's a horrible idea. It's a lot of work. Your franchisees will drive you crazy, you know, all reasons not to do it. Um, So then I just reached out to a few people online, franchising consultants, and I asked their advice. I showed them my business model. And the first person who got back to me was actually the first person who helped me develop my franchise. Um, And so he explained it to me. It wasn't as hard as people made it out to be. So I was able to start. And that's how I realized that this is something that I can do.
0: Yeah. I love that. Uh, You know, and it just reminds us that uh, don't just speak to one person and go on the feedback that you're given. That's a terrible idea. Well, you know what that saying is, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, just because it didn't work for them, it certainly doesn't mean that it won't work for you. So uh, imagine with the steps that you have, and we'll get you to share some of those. Uh, Have you found over the last number of years that as you've got these great systems in place, and it's all about systems and processes, I'm sure you'll confirm, that you've been able to open and other opportunities. So the the quicker you grow now, the more rapid you're, you're launching these franchises. Have you seen that happening?
1: Absolutely, because like you said, it's all about systems. So once you really create the system, modify the system, prove the, that the system works and see it working, it's very easy to copy. Um, so over the years it'll be – 10 years in May, so I've learned so much. So I'm just able to open up, I know like how to staff it, what to do. And so that's the knowledge that I try to tell, you know, teach my franchisees so they don't make as many mistakes as I did when I first started.
0: What I love about what you've just said, and if there are people that are thinking, well, I don't really have any goals of franchising my business, do not click off the live stream and do not stop. Uh, listening to this, if you're listening to the recording, because what you have just said for all women who are running their own businesses, or maybe even in corporate, who are struggling to just systematize things, systems, getting things out of your head, documenting them, is is important for any business no matter whether you're going to franchise or not what was the first process or step that you took to do that because it can be quite a process however you've just got to start so maybe there's some insights that you now can share that you would have done differently or things that you really know you have worked for you what are some of those initial steps
1: the the most important initial steps that have really worked for me are documenting every process that you go through. So when I had to hire my first staff member, I documented what type of person I was looking for, what qualifications they needed, and most importantly, what are their daily tasks and duties, and what is the purpose of their position. and and how does that associate with my overall vision for the company so every person who works in your system has a role finding talent to match that role and then describing in detail what they would be doing all day long while they're there and then linking that to your vision and that's how you're going to grow so oftentimes i find entrepreneurs are not documenting anything they're just hiring people signing off paperwork and that's it But if you're able to document everything from early on, especially like how do you market? What is your marketing plan? Who do you market to? All those systems are essentially a franchise. So you can put all those documents together and you're off to a great start.
0: What I have found and I'm sure that you have also experienced this and, and possibly even some of the insights that you now share with your franchisees as they continue to expand their business is that as soon as you take a step back and you employ someone, even if, if it may be a part-time or a contracted role, you not only continue to work in the business and on the business, we've heard that, but you become leader, you become manager. At what stage did you find that you also needed to develop some of the leadership skills such as empowering, overseeing, you know, um, nurturing team because it would be great to set and forget, but we're dealing with other humans and it's a good way to to give feedback or get feedback because some of the systems I'm sure need to be tweaked and changed too over time to improve that. So what were some of the lessons that you learned uh, when you started to have to oversee some of these team members that you're now onboarding?
1: Yeah. So I always kept in mind what I enjoyed about being an employee and what I did just not like about being an employee. And that was pretty much the groundwork for how I was going to be a leader. I wanted to create a company that not only I loved, but that my employees loved. So I came from a base of knowledge as to what I, how important I wanted them to feel, um, what I didn't like about not feeling important. And that's basically how I grew. But I always say coming from a place of being authentic and finding a team that is easy to work with, finding people that you enjoy being around. I think that's the best thing about being an employer is that you can actually choose who you wanna hire. Um, And so creating a strong culture has helped me really grow into leadership and just being Mm -hmm. open to constructive criticism. That is the number one thing um, because yes, I can lead. Yes, I know what I'm doing but I don't always know what I'm doing. And I do often need help. And you have to stay open to suggestions because those suggestions could help you build your brand. And that's the true definition of a leader, being open to listening no matter where you are in your career.
0: Yeah. One of the uh, posts that I saw on LinkedIn yesterday, it was talking about, you know, what happens when your team are not uh, empowered and driving the company culture and and the vision? And I said, you know, one of the things that I would do is ask myself, how as a leader am I contributing to my team's inability to get behind the culture? So often we look at what others are doing and it's their issue and their fault. But I love the way that you've really said the reflection because, you know, when we think about the the things in we also need to be mindful that have I hired the right person? Because I think, and I'd love your feedback on that, when you're clear on your culture, when you're clear on the expectations, what it, what it is that you're looking for and you hire the right person in that right role, there's no real need for you to go and manage that person because it's just a right fit and they love what they do and therefore you can kind of continue to empower. But do you find that a lot of businesses struggle because they haven't taken the time to really get clear and document that and hire the right person in the right role? Is that, is that something that you find to be true?
1: Yes, and I also find that business owners do not trust their staff. Uh, they're unwilling to let go of some of the control that they have. Um, yes. Being in control makes them feel like they're doing their job, but it's quite the opposite. You have to relinquish control and allow certain sectors to grow that you're not specialised in um i remember stretching people answering the phone taking payments all at the same time and just wanting to email people like I, I just want to email this person and try to get them to come in um so it's important to trust your employees so they can take over elements that you're not so good at so that the unit can work together as a whole so i would definitely say trust is something that everyone should really work on We all have different issues with that. It's very hard to trust people, especially over and over but it comes with the territory and it's something you have
0: to do. I'd imagine too that in uh, an area that you need to become confident and comfortable in is being able to recognise when maybe you've gone through the entire process, you've got documents to help you onboard people, but then you realise, you know what, I really do need to do something. So take us through some of the steps and then maybe even those difficult conversations. Because once we recognise something and then going to have that conversation with that person how do we do that in a in a way that is not going to burn bridges so to speak because it can be uncomfortable and I know for many women you know we don't want to let that person go and but it look it needs to be it needs to be had because that person could also be inhibiting other people within the workplace and they that could impact their, their performance as well and so at what what kind of triggers or things do you look out for? And then also take us, so what are some of the ways to make those conversations easier, if that's the right way to put it? Yes.
1: Yeah, so it's very important to have a job description and an employee agreement um, at the time of hiring. So they're very clear as to what their role will be with your company. And the agreement is just saying, you know, these are your hours this is um, what the job entails, you are agreeing to this position. And that's another system that should be set in place very early on. And so when you notice the employee is not meeting the different uh, duties that are in your agreement, you have something to reference to so that's what's very important sticking to the facts and not just saying you're supposed to do this but they never knew they were supposed to do it they never agreed to it so from the very beginning they should be clear as to what their job is and when you start to notice that they're maybe not doing the job or they're missing certain steps you let them know you provide feedback feedback sorry along the way so it's a very honest conversation, like, listen, I've contacted you four times, six times, however many times, and you're just not sticking to what we agreed to. So unfortunately I'm going to have to let you go. So I think when it comes from a place of like trying to help, which is giving warnings and then just having a conversation, like you have not met these uh, requirements, they know deep down inside, and it's less awkward because everybody's on the same page. So that mm-hmm. would
0: be my advice. Fantastic! When you have a look, I'm going to go big picture now. As I, I love love this, I mean, I would be <laughs> I know that there's some people listening and watching. Uh, if you do have a question that you would like to ask, you can please feel free to add a comment and I can see that and I can bring that into the conversation as well. So when you think about the operational procedures, these are the job descriptions and the things from an operational point of view, what are some of the key, I'm going to call them buckets or folders, such as there's obviously staff, there's obviously, you know, what are some of the main systems that you've, you know, the structures that you've put into place? Place. And then, obviously, within that, there are the the the, the sub processes and so forth. But give us a big picture view of some of the things that we need to start to create. If we haven't already um, to uh, you know to enable us to document the right steps, the right processes, if we want to then go down a path of franchising. But what we need anyway is part of business. What are some of those main systems?
1: Yeah. So definitely job descriptions um, determining who plays a role within your company and attaching job descriptions to that. That's something that's very important. So do you need a manager? Do you need two managers? How many staff members do you need? Um, So you need to figure that out so you can let that information be known to the franchisee. Um, One of the most important things when it comes to franchising is marketing, marketing plan. So you have to play around with different strategies, and whichever strategies work the best for you, those are the ones that are going to be transferred over to your franchisees. Because you have to remember, many of these people are coming in from you know, corporate uh, level positions or you know other things, but many of them don't have entrepreneurship backgrounds. So you're going to have to teach them how to market, um, how to hire. That's a very important one. Um, how do you hire? Right. So yeah. not dictating how you hire. Um, where do you place the ads? What is the text that you use? Um, everyone should be using the same text because you want to attract the same type of employees. So that's huge. And that's often something that people leave out because when you say, how do you hire? What do you look for? You're just like, Oh, anyone looking for a job, <laughs> but it's much deeper than that. Uh-huh. So you have to dictate all of that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I just wanted to point out in the sequence, if if people have missed that, is that if you're – In your business and you're wanting to franchise, one of the reasons why we spend a little bit of time in getting so clear on a hiring team for yourself before you even get to franchising, you know, aspect, if you can't get it working for yourself, there's no way that you can franchise because the problems that you're having in your own business are going to be the exact problems that you hand down to somebody else. So, it's a great way to get it clicking over and get it working really well. Okay. So, let's then talk about... uh, All right, you've got some great systems and processes in place. Obviously, the hiring is so important. Operations, marketing, all of those different things. I'd imagine that you may also have some systems in other areas, such as bookkeeping and things. Although I'm sure you would say one of the highs, if that's not a key skill or strength that you have, is to get someone on your team to be able to help you, even if it's a part time, contracted bookkeeper. So say we've got all of those right systems in place now it's time to maybe look for your first franchisor, Uh, no franchisee, sorry, because you're the franchisor. What are the steps? Because obviously you need to get legalities. We've done all of that. It's in place. But now take us through some of the insights you've learned and the steps to finding the right people to now take that business vision and adopt it and run with it as their own. What are some things that you can share here?
1: Finding franchisees. So that is something that i have a lot of experience with um just because in the beginning i didn't really know what i was looking for as far as a franchisee um you know i mentioned having a description of the type of people you wanted to hire within your business it's the same thing for franchisees what kind of um work should they have done prior to entering your system what are their skills what are their best qualities what are their worst qualities so I used to always uh, kind of sell myself when selling a franchise. This is what I can do for you. This is what my model can do for you. But something I left out was asking them, how can you add to my brand? Why should I let you into my brand? What do you, what contributions do you bring? So once I started asking those questions, it was very clear um, as to who we should let in because many people sometimes want to get into franchising because they see it as quick easy money um but they don't understand it's also a small business that you're going to have to groom and grow so i always look to see what is the driving force behind the person wanting to join our franchise um, and that's how i really make decisions so i always suggest starting with people you know uh, people who've always supported you People who've always had an interest in what you were doing, Um, you might find someone you know who could potentially be one of your first franchisees. And that's always a great thing because you can start with someone you're already familiar with. So I recommend that. And then just having a profile of the type of people you want. Um, What do you want them to be soft spoken? Do you want them to know how to market? Things like that. And then you'll just when you start getting leads, you'll just see if those people match that um, portfolio or if they don't. And if they don't, you cannot let them in because so many people just see it as a numbers game and they just want to let as many people in who will cut a check. And I tell people it's like being married for 10 years to different people. So you want to be really careful about who you decide to have that type of relationship.
0: With. Absolutely. And I mean, when you think about it, you have built your reputation, your brand promise uh, out there in the marketplace. And every single person who represents your brand is either going to represent it really well and add to that promise of value and promise of expectation or not. And I think as business owners, we know that when something, when a client, a customer, so this is not the franchisee, but a customer of your customer, because really franchisees are your customers. If someone is unhappy, that can impact the reputation of the entire group as a whole, can't it? Especially if they're rather verbal and love getting online and sharing that with others. So you've got to go into damage control. So do they. So make sure that you're really clear. What are some of the things that you do when you're onboarding? Uh, I mean, we could just spend a whole week uncovering this. I mean, it's so interesting. So thank you for sharing Months, Months, I know. And it probably never stops, does it? Because there's always this growth and learning curve. So give someone an idea of some of the expectations. You need to be working alongside your new franchisee for X amount of time. And what do you do now as an ongoing thing? So first, let's have a look at your onboarding. What are some of the time commitments that we need to be putting into these new people
1: so we offer and most franchise models offer three weeks training every single day um, maybe not the weekends but three weeks of just hardcore training and those training sessions vary um, for us the first week is training the new franchisees on the business the business model um, you know everything from budgeting Um, setting money aside, um, how to use the software, how to speak to customers, like everything you can imagine. Then the second week is when we train them. We train the owners and we train the employees on the actual method and how to operate the business basically. So that's another week. Then the last week is when we shadow them. So we shadow them for one week and we just make sure they know how to do everything. We're there for the grand opening. Um, where they're making sure they understand every system. What I tell people is most franchise agreements are for 10 years. And so I tell people, you have 10 years of assistance. So we have some franchisees that reach out to us every other day um, with questions, concerns, and we we make ourselves available. Um, And so it's important for franchisors to know that you just can't take someone's check And run away and just say you have the tools you need. (laughs) It is a and that's why you have to be so selective because you have you wanna want to talk to these people. You don't want to feel like, oh, I don't feel like talking to because that's not fair to them and it's not Mm -hmm. fair to you. Many of these people have used their life savings to invest in your, you know, business. So you have to help them, but that's why it's so important to pick people you enjoy being around because
0: you do have to talk to them. Oh, absolutely. So do you also from, uh, you know, the operations point of view, you obviously are are able to connect with them one-on-one, ask answer questions and things like that, that come up. But do you maybe from an organization put together monthly training, like each month we focus on that? I mean, these are all things to really help our clients, which really are our franchisees succeed because their success also is our success, which means you can drive even more franchisees to, to the business because we know that the business model and what we are sharing works and it's exactly. generating success. So what does that look like, the ongoing support that you give your franchisees? Yes,
1: yeah, so we have training classes. Um, so monthly we have a training class for all of the employees in the whole system so they all log in and our head trainer and some other uh, administrative staff walks them through different steps, um, goes over certain materials so that all the coaches are on the same page. Um, and then for our franchisees, we have monthly phone calls that, and we discuss new happenings, old business, things that have popped up. During the pandemic, um, all of our locations had to close for three months. And so we had I had weekly phone calls with the franchisees and that really helped develop my leadership because I had to talk people off the ledge like, you know, like these are new business owners. And they're surviving through a pandemic and I have to encourage them, but be honest with them and let you know so that was fun. Um, It helped us get really strong in the end. Um, But then we also do quarterly trainings for the owners so that they're always up to date with what we have going on and, you know, really understanding how to survive in this, you know, model.
0: Yeah, what I love about what you've just said, and it's so true for any business. I think, and we sh- we really should not not ever ever think anything is a set and forget. You know, we talk about agility, we talk about um, you know the ability to have resilience, and it's an ongoing thing with business because nothing is set and concrete. And so I think you stepping up as that leader of the entire uh, association, you know, and and all of the, the franchise. Disease, not only is helpful for them, but it also models, you know, your prime example, you're walking the talk of a w- woman in leadership. And that then in turn will filter down and how that they lead the team. And I think, you know, often we forget that, that how we respond as a leader. So my my last question, and then uh, uh, you know, get you to, to share a little bit more about the group and and how people can get in contact with them because I'm sure that now uh, there are some people who think I need help with my stretching. But as a leader who now oversees a, a huge team, I'm sure and franchisees, what do you um, say or, or believe is so important for you to maintain yourself as the best leader that you can be to look after yourself and, and health and well being for for you as that leader? What are some insights that you can share here?
1: So definitely. 2020 has taught me what I already knew, but it's now at the forefront of every thought I have. Um, You definitely have to put yourself first. Um, Health wise, you have to set time aside for yourself to do the things that you love to do. So when you wake up in the morning and I fight it all the time, do not reach for your phone to check your emails. Just give yourself some time because it's not easy it's hard work and you always give yourself as a leader. So you have to give back to yourself. So I definitely recommend um, carving out time in your schedule every day, even if it's 20 minutes, but just do something that you love to do and just do something that does not involve anyone else. Um, And that's really been beneficial to my mental and physical health um, because I'm, I'm giving myself some of that energy back. So that's the most important thing. I feel just giving to yourself and you give, 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 but don't forget to give to yourself and just carve out that time.
0: So important. And I think for those of us who also have family too, and someone, I can't remember whether it was something that was brought up by a guest or just, you know, culmination of conversation. As women, we so often, we can wear many hats, many, many hats. And I love that you stress the importance of putting time aside to look after oneself, because we don't realise that we are a role model, even to our children. And if we don't role model, mum's busy, the door's closed, or what one woman did, my fruit bowl is empty. And when she said that, she knew the kids, let leave mum alone, she needs to fill the fruit bowl. We role model that for our kids as well. You role model that for your franchisees. And so it's not selfish at all. That word is just ridiculous. Uh, We need to for for the benefit of ourselves and our team because if we fall in a heap, then that certainly is uh, going to impact and filter through. So tell us a little bit more about the business. Maybe people have thought, hmm, I love who she is and what she stands for. I'm interested in finding out more about uh, potential franchise as well. Share a little bit more, name of the business, all of that stuff, website link Mm -hmm. and how to yeah so
1: it's kika stretch studios with an s and the website is kika stretch studios with an s.com i'm on instagram kika k-i-k-a-i-m like a-m and um, you can find locations near you you can find information about how and if you're thinking about franchising your business model, I can definitely help you there, too. Um, so you should contact me on Instagram at Kika I am. And, yeah, we're just trying to be the neighborhood source of re- tension relief, stress relief, and just, like, hubs of light and love. So definitely needed
0: now the 13 locations are they within primarily your your area within the u.s are you also looking for people maybe internationally because we do have an international uh, audience
1: yes we are looking internationally this year Um, we're looking to expand Um, we're across the country in the u.s but we're looking to go to other places as well so definitely (laughs) if you don't see uh, Kika Stretch Studios <laughs> in your neighbourhood, go to our website and you can find out more information about how to get one there.
0: And just uh, to one final thought on this, as business owners, particularly many of us who are working at home and even corporations, many of us have heard of people working from home. Uh, we just need to stretch a lot more. We, we certainly do, don't we? So it's a, it's a needed and even stress, I think, and, and the uncertainty that, that we've all experienced Experienced over the last kind of 12 months and even you know 2021 I think is going to be navigation of of sorts that can really cause muscle, you know, muscle tension and so forth. So I think stretching is so very important. What would be one insight that you'd want to share with people, and then we'll finish up, around the importance of stretching and is there something that we maybe can do at our desk just to help alleviate that? And, of course, go to the website because you need to see if who's local to be able to to support you. But love love a little insight on that and we'll finish yeah, up. The so def- yeah, definitely.
1: Um, we're all sitting more than ever. Um, And so our posture starts to slouch, and that just weighs down your spine, causing back pain, headaches, all types of issues. So I definitely recommend that when you're sitting in in a chair, you're sitting up nice and tall. It's not about pulling your shoulders back, but it's about feeling like there's a string lifting your head very tall, and then everything else will fall in line. When you feel like your shoulders are hunched up by your ears, just bring them up really high like this, and then drop them all the way down so if you bring them up again you this is how we feel all week long and then drop it down and then we start to learn, oh, our shoulders are supposed to be separated from our ears. And that exercise will help cause a lot of relief and your spine will realign.
0: Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming yes. on the show. I just loved our conversation. Thank I mean, so it's much. what I love about um, the, you know, the the technology that we have to be able to tap into your expertise and the wisdom that can only really be gained through living, living it, walking it, and why reinvent the wheel and go through the same mistakes when someone like Ika has done already that we can certainly uh, really tap into that expertise. This podcast is brought to you by the influencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's the influencealliance.com slash podcast series.